So, welcome back to Mixed Media. Ben has arrived just in time from his... Basically a discussion of all the flute players and then some people performed. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he's going to do a nice hot take round of, of uh, Reddit posts that uh, me and Nathan found. Um, before we get into that, though, I welcome back to Mixed Media. This is a live show every week at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, you can find our link to our YouTube in the description, find our Discord where you can continue the conversation. And if you're on Rumble, we want to be on Rumble Live, so mixedmedia.locals.com. We just need one person on there in order to get live on Rumble. So now that my plugs are done, let's just go for it. <laughs> um, this one is mine, or actually Steph found mine this week because it was a little bit bogged down, so I don't really know much about what's here, but this one came from my household. So this says, John Williams and Aram, uh, last name I'm going to absolutely butcher. <laughs> um, do you know how to say it, Ben, by, by chance? Yeah, well, I, I can I can't really see the thing. I pull it on my phone. It's much easier, faster to get on my phone to get it into Skype. And I can just see enough to like kind of blurly see the name. It, uh, Hachatorian. Okay. Yes, that name there. Uh, yes. uh, Aram, I'll call him. Uh, am I the only one that, uh, while listening to Aram, <laughs> thinks that Williams took quite some inspirations from it? Also, I can't help myself each time I listen to uh, the... Is it, how do you pronounce this? Guyane Lullaby? Uh, okay. I don't know. You like the, the standard English pronunciation or the correct pronunciation? Give me the correct one. The correct pronunciation is Guyane. Okay. Guyane Lullaby. But think that Ray's theme has a striking resemblance to it. And then uh, this person who responded to it has even stronger opinion, says John Williams often takes more than just uh, inspirations. Oftentimes he just uh, modif... What is that? He His motifs... Am I reading this wrong? Oh, he just uses motifs? Sorry, it's small on my screen too, unfortunately. Um, from other composers like Aram, Shostakovich. He said he just he just lifts most use. That's what it means. Uh, okay, that's what that says. Shostakovich, etc. And uh, Ben, what's your hot take? Okay, can you? Since I can't read it, what do they say? They they say the lullaby from Guyana, or just the the ballet itself? They say the lullaby. Um, quickly, so there there are two two points there. Um, is is he was Williams like? Hachaturian in any sense. Ah, so Hachaturian is kind of of the three big uh, 20th century Russian composers. He's he's in the, the triumvirate there with Shostakovich and Prokofiev. Uh, he, he's kind of the Armenian guy, um, draws a lot on Armenian and Georgian folk music. And Guyana is one of my favorite pieces, literally fantastic ballet. You have to listen to the, uh, the original version of the ballet it's very hard to find the score is almost impossible to find i copied it all like all 800 pages of it while i was at hopkins they happened to have this you know rare edition okay wow forms it all it's a fantastic work i actually i arranged several things and performed them myself arranged it for other people from the ballet fantastic work um dang it's also cut from uh 2001 a space odyssey the lullaby 
which actually isn't in the original version of it. But anyway, that was in 2001 A Space Odyssey, and I believe it, it ends up getting cut from the... Is it? I don't remember. Is it? Is it in the film or is it cut from the film? I think it's in the film. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what what part of the film it, it would be in. Yeah. So so what is what what do they what does he share with Williams? Well, Hachiturin is a really colorful composer, uh, but like in a kind of ethnic way and colorful, but like more brass heavy uh, than a lot of like colorful composers. So it's like really bright colors in his music and very melodic so yeah you could see in, in some ways that, that williams shares that he's maybe not quite as like intricate with his brass as williams is in terms of like taking raw material i can't come up with like the lullaby from diana is not like ray's theme at all in my opinion i i don't really know what this person is talking about maybe i need to re-listen to ray's theme because it's pretty unmemorable but and I don't mean that so much because of Williams, but like, I mean, come on, like, what is he working with? I mean, is Ray that intriguing? Uh, yeah, for the first like 10 minutes of, of the first, you know, episode seven. Yeah, that's a whole other topic. You know what's interesting? <laughs> I, when, when, uh, when Ray's theme was mentioned in the thing, I was thinking, what is Ray's theme? Same. And the weird thing is I've listened to it many times because I think I like it, you know? <laughs> sure, I was like, I've, I don't remember what it is. What it sounds like though, which is very strange. It's it's kind of like this. It, it sounds, and I'm not the person. I I've, I've so I, I'm taking this idea from somewhere else. Someone else said this first, but I agree with it. It sounds like it's a misplaced, like it's like a theme from a, a you know a, a fairy somewhere in Harry Potter that like John Williams did. <laughs> And then he throws in like the day of you know DS Eri chant in there too. Oh, it's just kind of like what is it? Interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, very different. The guy in the lullaby is like you know, like his rich cello, you know, playing his haunting melodic line. It's very different. Um, so I don't get that comparison at all. To the broader point though, does Williams like? I think Williams is inspired by a lot of things. You know, you could probably, like, if you're someone who's crazy like I am and listens to all of Sir Arnold Bax's symphonies, okay, who's an unknown composer, uh, his first symphony, the main theme, it's a cyclical theme, a cyclical structured piece, so it has the same theme beginning at the end of, okay, and the main theme is just Darth Vader's theme with like one extra note. So instead of being like dun 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 dun, it's dun 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 Okay, so it's did Williams know that? I mean, almost certainly not. Mm. I think it's more just coincidence. Um, are, are there other things that he's like intentionally, you know, borrowing? I mean, we've talked about Williams' inspirations before. I think he's inspired by a lot. Uh, when I've seen him like rip things off, really the only thing I can think of is a lot of things in the original Star Wars because he was told he had to do that. <laughs> Ripping uh, himself off. No, 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 no. Like the first episode, uh, you know, he's basically he because he had to convince oh, I, Williams. Yeah. I mean, I had to convince George Lucas not to just use temp music, not to mm. use existing classical music. So his instructions were like basically take Mars from whole the planets and that's the opening of Star Wars and take 
the beginning of the second part of Rite of Spring, and that's the desert music. Yeah, I mean, this person even mentions Holst, which makes sense with what you just said. Yeah. Well, Holst is like a classic example of, you know, early 20th century big brass writing. So, of mm. course, he has an impact on Williams. I mean, there's no way, way Williams has not studied every, you know, inch of Holst scores. All right. Hot take number two. Let me pull it up so I can read it better. Okay. So this one's from Nathan. Uh, it says, do something interesting rhythmically. In my view, there are Wait, more... Wait, uh, it's worth, was worth noting what the original question was. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and explain. <laughs> the original question was... Um, Something along the lines of how can I make a good melody, essentially. So this person's response to that is do something rhythmically. In my view, there are more melodies that are supported by interesting rhythms than by interesting note choices. And it's easy to overlook. Most people think melody notes. So I wouldn't say like that's the only thing you can do to make your composition more interesting. Um, but, you know, rhythm is kind of the like overlooked foundational element of, of music and, and certainly in the world of musical analysis nobody wants to talk about rhythm and uh you know i i i talked a lot about this with some of my mentors um at, at peabody about how that's kind of like the the lost frontier and maybe the final frontier not maybe not the final but like the next frontier of of musical like analysis and, and figuring out like you know what's actually going on in music because even more than melody and harmony in some ways rhythm is like the the thing that we, we respond to first you know that we know like what a march rhythm is generally we know what a lullaby kind of rocking cradle rhythm is and we respond to that instinctively without even you know being able to articulate that we just been so ingrained in, in in who we are as listeners but it's the kind of thing that, like, if you're just focusing on pitches, which is what most, you know, analysis tends to be, and then I think it, it also, you know, can work its way into uh, into the minds of composers. You know, we ignore the effect of rhythm. But, like, again, even more than melody and harmony, what's going to make you respond to, in music? It's the rhythm, right? Because you listen to something and you want to move, mm. right? You want to even if you're not going to get up and dance, you know, in public, but like there's a sense of motion in it. And that's not because of the melodic notes or the harmonic notes. That's because of what it's saying to us on like a level of, you know, respond to this by movement. So don't, yeah, definitely don't ignore rhythm. I think it's fascinating. Like I said, uh, you know, that's kind of, I think maybe, and in my, some of my mentors have said it kind of the, the next frontier the, the ignored pillar of, of, of analysis, you know, trying to figure out like, well, so we know what all the all the relationships of all the pitches are, but like, what is the rhythm telling us? You know, we've forgotten that rhythm exists. And like, I, I think that's really cool. I, when I went to Moscow and, and presented Shostakovich at the Moscow Conservatory, my, my paper was actually on uh, why Shostakovich is, he, you know, his most frequently used rhythm is a, uh, kind of a, a uh, eighth note and two two sixteenth notes and that pattern repeated uh, but in his 11th and 12th symphonies he basically doesn't use that at all and uses a dotted dotted rhythm you know dotted eighth sixteenth instead and like what is the significance of that i think there's a lot that can be said about rhythm so yeah you know definitely 
don't if you're gonna if you're gonna pretend like the rhythm doesn't exist as a composer your music will will not be as interesting as if you have some understanding even if not like a you know well articulated understanding of what rhythm does yeah i gotta say in uh pop music rhythm is like you know at the forefront right now just in a completely different perspective you know um and i feel like in popular music like the the like rhythm has seeped in being at the forefront has seeped into every single genre practically at this point and it's i mean that's that's a pretty obvious statement but i think the more interesting thing is uh how the innovation keeps evolving because obviously you know with your your radio songs it's not going to be interesting at all (laughs) what's happening with rhythms but like you know the people who are pushing boundaries in terms of what people tolerate as uh, as rhythms in popular music i think it's pretty cool i think you know all of it kind of comes from hip-hop one way or another and like this most recent strain but it happens in the vocals it happens in the the you know the rapping it happens in the the instrumentals it happens like on every layer and it's interesting seeing people play with pitch and rhythm more in tandem you know i think a lot of it is not will sound very bad in 10 years but some of it will end up being like you know classic i guess you know like uh more more potent yeah Yeah, i thought of it like as like music in two dimensions as one dimension being rhythm and the other dimension being pitch i don't know i always found when i'm making a song i'll start with one or the other sometimes i just start with the rhythm with no idea of the pitch right uh, I'm like, oh, it sounds cool. You know, oftentimes it leads to nowhere, right? I'm just like, ah, it's just, <laughs> this isn't going to work for, for whatever, right? But uh, I feel like I maybe sometimes do pitch a bit more, but in general, it's pretty almost half and half what I start with. I should, should add to you, there's, there, there's a uh, Russian, he's kind of a, not really a music theorist. I don't know what you'd call him. Um, he was a composer. Um but also wrote a lot about music, and um, he he. I, so I talked about it in his paper that I gave, and interestingly enough, I I kind of used him to talk about Shostakovich's music, even though uh, Shostakovich hated him because he criticized Shostakovich's music. <laughs> anyway, um, he so he basically a really general overview of what he says in his his gigantic book basically is that um, he, he's looking for like signs of the zeitgeist in music and Mm. his conclusion is essentially that rhythm is really where the the pop you know the zeitgeist the 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 voice of the people who say uh exists in music Mm. and i think in some ways i don't i don't know if it's true or not but you know he, he he likes to draw examples from like different revolutions throughout history and like well what kind of rhythms are being used in those revolutions and like music in that period why um and, and, and i don't know it's a kind of fascinating avenue to like to start exploring and if you can't come up with answers that it's an interesting perspective at the end that he thinks that, that rhythm kind of contains the, the zeitgeist uh, I think uh, I'm not sure if you'll you'll you'd like it Ben um, but uh, Nathan knows this band uh, there's a band called Polyphia which I have lately been obsessed with it's a uh, instrumental only band by and large they have a few songs you know here and then that here and there that have vocals but um, you know it's mostly instrumentals and it pulls from so many different places 
almost and almost all of it is like rhythmic inspiration and it, and like I, when i say for pulls from everywhere i mean like literally everywhere like pulling from you know everything from hip-hop to r&b to um you know classic rock to um metal to um you know even classical music i would say you know there's a lot of you can i mean the moment i heard uh one one song uh from this band i was like this person is like has a has an ear has a trained is is trained in some respect and uh and that's exactly what i learned when i looked it up is that you know this person is musically trained you know the the, the comp- who's composing this is is very very intentional with uh with everything and but the most interesting thing is that this is mostly guitar music right this is mostly you know guitar music but it's like so inspired from so many different directions and it, it all works together and it's mostly rhythmically challenging and pretty much making its own genre at this point it's, it's kind of kind of math rock in general though right well i guess some more than others right definitely like I would say Covet is a lot more rhythmically simple. Actually, I actually did an analysis of one of their songs as like just sort of music theory practice, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, trying to reverse engineer it essentially and be like, all right, well, why did you do this? Essentially, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it, what a, it was not easy to be clear, like because because of the yeah, the rhythm is 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 as a math rock song doesn't follow conventional like uh, you know quote unquote standard uh, time signatures, right? What was it? Uh, I think there ended up being seven beats in the measure or something like that at the start. Um, but it doesn't change too often. It tends to say that. And some 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 of the songs are all just four four, right? Which is is that still math rock? I don't know. Whatever. But <laughs> um, but with Fluffy, I'm pretty sure it's pretty consistently like wild <laughs> and changes, yeah. you know, relatively often. And the crazy part is that Polyphia is extremely popular, right? Like they're like basically creating a genre it, they're kind of breaking into like this metal space like the like the old metal heads who don't really have any place to go because there hasn't been any, much innovation in like a long time you know in, in rock music in general and guitar music and they're latching onto this like very like other sound like that's never been heard in guitar music um and they're extremely popular like you know they they're they're extremely popular and so it's like crazy to know that like crazy time signatures and crazy rhythms and like you know these extremely different inspirations may be popular music you know like you know that, that, that's cool to hear people tolerate those sounds you know like they're able to uh enjoy those sounds more you know without you know saying ah oh, this sounds boring or something like that you know <laughs> interesting i'll have to check them out yeah they're awesome I think maybe one other thing to add to, you know, going off of this take and like advice to advice to composers is, I mean, you kind of do, you know, you, you think you don't even think about it, but tempo and rhythm, you know, are, are kind of they go they go together too. Um, so you can't forget like you know the tempo or the speed of the music. Um, and we've talked about this before, like uh, you know, contrasting like um, modern action music with uh, like james bond and like you know because it is rhythm and and tempo are related also to your heartbeat like the pace at which you go is going to affect you know like literally it affects you even if you're not going to get up and dance like it affects your breathing when you listen to something tends to fall in line at the tempo your heart rate also tends to move towards what you're listening listening to so you know things to keep in mind yeah 
underrated as the biological response to art very underrated in general you know um cinema there's a lot of things that happen to you as well um any uh hot takes like that pop in your mind ben to end it off like any any thing you thought of over the week or anything like that that you want to share that might be spicy well i decided i was going to take a bit of bit of a plunge into some scores james newton howard's uh because if you're listening to the show you know that i'm i'm not the world's biggest fan of his music but i don't know you know like his complete catalog annoyingly i've discovered that like most people's favorite score by him is signs but it's not available anywhere in the united states no platform has it so oh interesting but i'm not gonna do that so i'm like i don't know pick up signs (laughs) yeah so I, i was listening to like lady in the water which and the music is pretty highly rated although the film i understand is a pretty universally panned um i don't know anything about the film but you know, I was listening. I, I read this plot synopsis, but which made no sense. Um, <laughs> I listened to that. I'm like, see, it's just too like nondescript, in, in my opinion. I don't know. I, I, I maybe I, I'm going to keep you know diving into some other things, other th- things, things that are not signs, apparently. But um, <laughs> I don't know if anyone has a has a favorite James Newton Howard score that you would like me to listen to and like, and it's going to change my mind, please. I, I, I would like my mind to be changed, but <laughs> yeah, you, you caught some flack for, uh, <laughs> for, uh, from James out of any fan out there, the James Newton Howard fans out, out of all the people were the most vocal. Well, look, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get, you know, suggest something other than signs that i can listen to and and i'm happy to change my mind (laughs) cool all right so we've been going on for a long time um is is there any significant news that that i don't think i have any significant news Uh, no not really technically not news i guess as it's not a new thing um but something i found out so it's news to me so i'm gonna say it anyways (laughs) uh roblox ends up taking so uh, with Roblox, as you know, like the way it works is you, uh, it's like a platform, right? So people can make Roblox games and put it on the Roblox website. Um, they take about a 70% cut out of all the profits made from those games. Wow. Which is about l- over twice industry, industry standard. Um, so that's disturbing. And uh, I don't like Roblox anymore because I think they're... Uh, Perhaps taking advantage of kids essentially because they're kid developers who don't get it, you know. Realize, if you, if you go to our Discord, you'll see a quote that was really strange from Roblox. I posted like uh, a few weeks ago a quote from like Roblox like admin about like children like working with thirty year olds, and I was like, "This is not the play." <laughs> Where'd you post that? On, on our Discord, yeah, I posted a quote from an article. I'm pretty sure. Um, and uh, they have interesting oh, it plans. Be, it says, quote, it must be a civil and safe platform that welcomes six-year-olds and, uh, at the same time as welcomes 30-year-olds uh, who are working together. And you said, lol, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, who who even says that statement without, like, with, like, no, like, I don't know, like, just... <laughs> <laughs> That is a that is not that is not the play Roblox. Stop it. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, but robots. It, probably like I mean, I'm sure it is true because you know I've I've worked like coaching, you know, as a swim coach coaching, you know, six, five, six, seven year old kids, and they come in and they're you know that's what they do. They they play Roblox all day during COVID. <laughs> so you know. They probably are interacting with, uh, and I, I, like their sentiment is is, is like pure. That so they say at least. I don't know. I don't. I don't trust. I don't, know, I don't trust I this learned, people. I'm learning about this company. I'm just like, this is wild, dude. Like it's not even like the seventy percent is not is not it's not transparent. They they take their fees on the way essentially. If you get what I'm saying. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> as as in like as in so essentially like the this is the biggest part right. <clears throat> When you when you when you make your money, right? So there's a there's a currency, a premium currency that you pay for on Robux called Robux, right? If you want to buy something in game, you buy Robux, and then you pay use that Robux to pay the you know the for whatever item, right? Whatever thing you want in the game, right? The Robux, so understandably, the Robux goes to the developer, and Robux takes a cut, right? This makes sense. It's already a high cut. It's already twice the standard, but it's, you know, whatever, right? At least that makes sense, not in the numbers, but in the fact that they do that, right? The thing that doesn't make sense is that they don't give it to them in cash. They give it to them in Robux, right? So which means you can withdraw Robux, right? <laughs> Dude, that's the worst part <laughs> out of anything you said. What did you say? That's the worst part. <laughs> they don't even give them cash. That's the worst part. No, okay, so they give, them, they give them Robux. You can withdraw Robux as cash. Right? Oh, okay. But they okay. take a cut from that. They take a cut from that again, right? <laughs> so, you know, that's, the, that's, that's what I'm saying by on the way, right? As in, they know they have to do this, right? Now, what if you don't want that cut? Well, you can buy something else on Roblox from another creator where that gets siphoned again from, like, you know, the 70%, right? And if it just gets traded around, if the Robux gets traded around a bunch of times, well, the Robux value is the same, but... Roblox has consumed almost all the money back, essentially, that, that, that you were supposed to make, right? Um, that's nuts. <laughs> yeah. And are Ro- Robux, is that what you're calling? Yeah, is, Robux. Are they, like, inflation-resistant? <laughs> I actually don't know, like, if they... If they, uh, if they they're probably pegged the to the dollar, the dollar I'm sure. Like, I'm sure they're, like, some multiple of a dollar or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I, I maybe it would be worth it if it was inflation uh, resistant. <laughs> just in, in, just put some in there and just leave it there. Yeah. Um, but uh, not only that, but there's a minimum withdrawal amount, so you can't just. So if you're a small developer, you can't just make your money back. No, 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 no. You have to be a big developer. Well, because once you're a big developer, the minimum is one thousand robux. I don't remember what that is in dollars, um, but I believe one robux is less. Than one dollar, so you can assume it's more than a thousand dollars. I'm pretty sure. Uh, so <laughs> oh you can't gosh. be a small-time developer. Essentially, they force you. They force you to keep going, right? Because if you make 500 robux, well, you're halfway there. You might as well go the full, you know, the full way, right? Uh, and then you withdraw. If you if you get a thousand, right? Well, do you want to withdraw now? Because if you withdraw now, you're not going to be able to withdraw again until you have another <laughs> one thousand, right? So maybe you just want to wait. You know, it, it's it's very scary. What Apparently, a racket! A, that is an extremely that existed, uh, in in real life, isn't like in outside the digital space. Um, some companies will essentially not pay their workers in dollars, but pay them in like company company currency that they can spend on the company. That's illegal now. So <laughs> it has a name. I forget what it's called. Dude, that's but, uh, absolutely. The, uh, I, I ne- you should do an episode just on this because I'm so intrigued right now of how crazy of a mafia they've created. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe I'll just uh, make a video on predatory like uh, publisher uh, practice. Uh, yeah, Roblox Steam, whatever. <laughs> Dude, that's insane. But, yeah, Roblox is by far the worst thing I've ever seen in terms of in terms of a platform. I mean. So now, 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 think of that in light of we want six year olds working with thirty year olds, <laughs> and it's going to be a great world unified by Facebook. <laughs> oh yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, what a world! Yeah, the, the the law just hasn't caught up to the tech, right? Which is kind of sad because, I mean, it's just illegal. It's just legal in another form, which is strange. But yeah. Well, they're independent contractors, right? That's how you get around anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any music news, Ben? Uh, nothing that I can can think of. I'm gonna attempt to go to the uh, Black Panther performance live to you know score a performance or live to live to film performance at Hollywood Bowl tomorrow. So I think I think that's the first live Marvel score. So that's might awesome. Be, I think it is. So it should be fun. Are you going to do a mixed media episode about it? Yeah. Well, if I, if I end up going, I have to make sure I can get there. But I, I do have that's a plan for tomorrow. So sweet. Nice. Yeah, we need more of that Hollywood. Even though I don't like Marvel, at least someone's doing it. Come on. Like, revive your cinematic, you know, stuff. Do stuff like this. It's good. All right. So uh, that was a great uh, episode of Mixed Media, if you ask me. We talked about a lot of different things. If you did yeah, not listen to... What? I enjoyed that one. I don't know why. It was, it was, it was, I think it was better than most, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, just, it, was, it, was, it was nice. It was nice. Um... But if you did not see any of the other parts, that's because we split it into three parts, three different parts. And the way you see the other parts is you subscribe to the channel if you're on YouTube. You follow us if you're on Twitch, although the VOD, the only thing we can show right now is the, the, the raw version of the live stream. Um, if you want to help us to have like proper VOD in Twitch, if for some reason you want to use YouTube, which is completely respectable, you got to go to mixedmedia.locals.com so that we can pay for a Twitch membership so that we can actually do that. Um, and that's a good plug for locals. If you're on Rumble, especially, you would love for us to be live. Our numbers on Rumble just increasingly climb. Uh, especially, you know, our views and like our rumble numbers, they just increasingly climb. And I really appreciate our rumble family. Uh, Ben wasn't here when I said this last time, but we got our first comment on rumble and it was the word nice. So thank you for the comment on rumble, (laughs) but we, we kind of want more comments on rumble. So if you could just leave us a comment, if you're watching us on rumble, if you enjoyed this, uh, but also more importantly, we want to be on rumble live because we could be the only live podcast on rumble that's crazy like the only live essentially radio show on rumble i would freaking love that so you got to go to mixedmedia.locals.com all the dollars that go there go right back into the show basically um into helping us to expand and reach more uh ears more faces more eyeballs um so that really helps us out if you're on listening on podcast uh or if you're not listening on podcast we're available on all podcasting platforms uh if you're in the car and you want to save bandwidth if you want to pre-save episodes onto your phone download them whatever the heck podcasts are extremely useful and underrated uh and i think podcasts are actually are, are going to continue to expand into the future we're, we're actually probably seeing a very nascent form of audio content which is extremely exciting so we're on podcasts uh, podcasting networks but if you are listening on podcasts already we love you love that 
And I see a lot of people are starting to add us to our your auto download list, which is awesome to see. As soon as I post something, the download numbers are not no longer zero and I have to wait for people to come in <laughs> and uh, actually download the episode. But as soon as I upload it, I see a number. That shows me you guys are auto downloading our episodes and I freaking love that. So what I would love even more is if we saw you in our Discord, which is for everyone, where we can congregate all of our platforms, we can keep the conversation going throughout the week. And uh, yeah, I mean, if it's, you want to share a piece of art that you're you're working on, it doesn't have to be anything we talk about. It can just be, I don't know, a drawing you made or whatever the heck you do. Just share it with us on the platform. We want to hear it. We love uh, supporting our fellow artists. We're all kind of scrapping it out ourselves to do what we love to do. And we want to support you doing what you love to do as well well um so with that i'll say thank you for watching thanks see ya see ya